You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the director for See How They Run, Tom George. Victim's name is Leo Kopernik, sir. Seems he was killed in the costume story. And then he was deposited here. Staged, so to speak. longer do you intend to hold us all hostage? Or is that the idea? Gather all the suspects and interrogate each of us in turn until the mystery is solved? Marvin Cochranar's overrated playwright. Celebrated playwright? Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I can't read my own handwriting. There was an incident. I'll kill you. <gasps> it's as good as a confession. It's not jump to conclusions, Constable. What do we have here? <laughs> Working late, huh? He killed Kopernik to hush up the affair. Case closed. I'm doing it again, aren't you, sir? Jumping to conclusions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You've never heard of Richard Attenborough. A real-life detective. I understand that you came to blows the night in question. It was me, Inspector. I arrest you for the murder of Leo no, Cochran. No, no. We have a serial killer on the loose. Please stand back! He keeps the key! Ah! Under the mat. We are no longer merely suspects. We are also potential victims. So what did he do that made you suspicious? It wasn't so much what he did, it was more the way he did it. How did he do it? Sort of suspiciously. Right. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Excited to be here. Hey, I'm excited to talk with you because this is your feature directorial debut for See How They Run. Yeah. And I'm sure my audience is going to want to know a little bit about you. So can you just tell me like a little bit of background on what led you to directing this project? It's a great question. <laughs> a lot of people are asking it, Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I had at the time when I sort of came to read the script for the first time, I had just completed the final season of a show called This Country, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, is what was a BBC mockumentary comedy um, about two cousins who live in a tiny village in the middle of rural England. Um, and uh, kind of nothing happens uh, in the in the sort of most fun kind of a way. Um, so um, that show, which starred, among other people, Charlie Cooper, who uh, appears in this film, mm-hmm. um, was, I-, I think, kind of the key to me getting involved in this project. As like, while they don't seem like uh, obvious bedfellows or uh, comps to each other, I think they've got some interesting, uh, interesting similarities. Um, both character comedies, of course, but both have this meta element uh, of story and comedy on top of them in the mockumentary of course you've got the mockumentary form and how that plays with story and comedy in the piece um and obviously here uh, in see how they run it's a murder mystery but in many ways it's also a film that's about murder mysteries so there's a kind of there's a similar dynamic going on um that's the short version matt was it long enough no that was perfect <laughs> spot on 
Uh, so it's a murder mystery, or as Leo Kopernick says, it's a whodunit. And if yes. you've seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> when you make a statement like that, and I know that's part of the screenplay, when you make a statement like that that early, you better be showing somebody something that they haven't seen before <laughs> in this movie then. So my question to you is, how do you tread that fine line between basically paying homage, but also trying to make it something unique? Yeah, the way I think of it is that hopefully it's a film for fans of murder mysteries, but it's also a film for people who wouldn't usually go to a murder mystery. Mm -hmm. Maybe even look down their nose a bit at the murder mystery, you know? And that's a tricky balance. That's a tricky kind of needle to thread because you don't want to be, um, you, you, you can't be looking down on the genre it's a celebration of it in many ways of the murder mystery but not just the murder mystery the thriller the, the cinematic thriller as well film noir um all, all those things are in there um so yeah it was that was part of the excitement of it for me was um how there's this layer of uh meta storytelling and comedy um but that's on top of this um, character comedy, you know, and, and this story-rich character comedy. If you don't have that, you can't have all the extra sort of um, meta elements in play because, you know, that's, that's I think, in the right balance, it's like great extra fun and extra um, texture, but mm -hmm. it, you can only build it on, like, the usual stuff, which is, like, hopefully great characters and a, and a compelling story at the heart of it. And a great relationship for the heart that, you know, really, I think of it as the story of a partnership, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a mystery, but it's really about can these two detectives come together and and uh, and crack this case? And, yeah. you know, obviously having Sam and Saoirse just, like, opened that all up for us. And there's a lot of comedy in this movie, as you mentioned uh, before. I'm curious to know, when the cameras aren't rolling, who in the cast is making everyone laugh the most? Mm. Good question. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> good question. I'll tell you the days we laugh the most, that were two types of day. One with a Big ensemble days um, at uh, particularly the, the sort of finale of the film where lots share. of yeah. come together. Um, those are the sort of giddy days where you're trying to just get everyone. They're all sort of by then acting like naughty school kids and it's like everyone's <laughs> for an ourselves. So just trying to sort of marshal that was a challenge. But the other days where we'd laugh the most was the, the three-handers, um, which I love, with um, Sam and Saoirse and Tim Key, who plays the commissioner, Commissioner yeah. Scott. Um, Tim is such a funny guy um, and is such a funny, you know, like comic actor. Those 
days and and you know he's only ever in those three handers with the two detectives those days you know he had us all in stitches and and um and you know sam and Sersha just sort of fell in love with him um yeah so they were they were a lot of fun nice uh there's a lot of really interesting camera movements editing transitions there's split screen in this movie it's very stylistically directed in a way that I thought was very dynamic. And I'm curious to know, um, you know, you're, you're obviously trying to make a statement, this being your first film. And while you are paying respect to the genre and its conventions, I'm curious mm. to know who your cinematic influences are, um, both mm. in general and also for telling this story. That's a great question. I think for me, um, the things that I went back to were films that were doing, working in similar tonal space, first and foremost, you know. Um, I'm always attracted to, as a cinema goer, to things that take two genres that might be slightly ill-fitting and find a way to to do them together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that would include um, Bong Joon-ho, for example. Uh, Mystery, um, uh, Memories of Murder was a... Yeah. A film that I went back to, you know, very different to this film, but at the same time, it's it's got some similarities. It's a police procedural, but it's also a sort of comic farce that's running through it as well. And he's the master, I think, of holding those two things and making making sure one doesn't undermine the other. That's, I think, always the danger when you have particularly comic elements in play. You play too heavily with the comic stuff and it undermines the stakes of the dramatic stuff altogether. So how do you keep those, those two things um, in play? Um, you know, obviously, um, the Coen brothers, you know, Fargo, they're, again, they're masters of that tonal, um, quick step to keep those, those kind of two things in play. Um, I'd also say Edgar Wright, you know, in a, in a sort of, um, you know, he's obviously incredibly visual storyteller, Mm -hmm. but again, like so many of his things work in genre, but have a comic twist on the genre um which uh which certainly certainly is the case here and then sort of going further back it was like eating comedies for me were were a big reference point you know kind hearts and coronets being my favorite of them um it's the kind of film that we used to make a lot of here in the uk yeah. a big ensemble cast crime or dark elements to it but also a comic kind of big comic thread running through the piece um so yeah so those were all kind of key elements Almodovar like you'll know the post I, I noticed that in the background yep <laughs> so, I mean, like again like less direct and less easy to thread through possibly for an audience but again like you know films like Volver like there's 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 quite often comedy or comic elements in his piece, and I suppose above what sitting above all of those would be Alfred Hitchcock, who, who I think all probably all those filmmakers I've just mentioned, mm-hmm. being their top influence, top five influences, right? Because, um, you know, I, th- I suppose I always think about Rear Window, and on the one hand, you've got one of his most compelling thrillers, but the character comedy stuff with um, Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart is like brilliant in that film, you know. Um, so balancing those two things was the challenge, but, um, but always like appeals to me. I want to make sure I phrase this, uh, second to last question as delicately as humanly possible. <laughs> 
Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon. Storyboards. Yeah. Uh, did you use them for this movie uh, to actually shoot the movie? Um, and and is there a, a a cameo of sorts of actual storyboards in this movie? So the thing you very delicately like uh, stepping around that is like a is a spoiler basically, and I appreciate your. Delicate. And I'm trying to I'm trying to basically adhere to the mousetrap. I don't yeah. want to reveal the ending. <laughs> What we can say is that, like, uh, Leo Koponik, played by Adrian Brody, is a Hollywood director, and um, there's a sequence where he pitches uh, his sort of, um, his version of the movie that he's trying to make. Yeah, so um, did we so, so did we storyboard, um, are you thinking of that sequence in particular? Or? I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of the whole movie in general, and if you did, are those storyboards the storyboards that you did? Uh, I see. Okay. We storyboarded um, a large number of sequences within the mm-hmm. film, but not the entire movie. Gotcha. Um, so we, you know, I suppose did what's quite typical these days, which is we, you know, the, the particularly technical sequences or action sequences, um, car sequences, anything where um, you've got a particularly little amount of time uh, and lots of moving parts um but also some sequences where there was something quite specific to be designed with camera um those would uh, get storyboarded as well mm-hmm. um but actually um no our storyboard artists did not do the storyboards um of the uh, uh it, of what uh, leo's holding it camera. yeah he, what he did was and um he's an absolutely fabulous um storyboard artist he did the but he has his own particular style that just feels a little too contemporary so um we used his boards that he did do for us as the framework and the art department then created something that felt more period um authentic i love that in fact they went to um you'll you'll probably see in the very famous the alfred hitchcock storyboards for the birds like mm-hmm. the um the uh, you know out there on the internet for people to look up and um it's just a sort of um old school take on the storyboard which isn't which is slightly more of the period um they're slightly more artful in a way they're all like pencil they're more like pencil sketches almost um and so we wanted to get that sort of period feel into them so it was ultimately something created by the art department off the original um storyboards well production design costumes all first rate in this movie you have hank williams playing in this just to take (laughs) us out so it's like the cherry on top tom i thank you for the time can you tell us what you have upcoming next in the future yeah, um, Mark Chappell and I are currently working on a on a script for a new project, which um, we're excited about. Um, co-writing together this time, um, 
we met through this project. We'd never worked together before, um, but very quickly realized we have a kind of shared sensibility. Um, and, you know, I'm a big collaborator. And um, so Mark was involved all the way through the project, right the way through posters. We continued to, you know, tweak little bits of script and voiceover mm -hmm. here and there. Went, and um, I loved working with him. So um, hopefully we'll get to do it again. That's awesome. Love hearing that. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for both of you, especially after having seen this film. So congratulations. And I look forward to seeing more from you in the future. Thanks so much, Matt. And thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Yeah. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the director for See How They Run, Tom George, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. See How They Run is now currently playing in theaters from Searchlight Pictures. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.